With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Thanks for joining me today. And I am looking forward to today's episode because it's a question that I hear all the time. In fact, uh, a few episodes back, I devoted the question and answer segment to it. And today wanted to give it full force and explore a little bit more deeply. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. So this is a question that comes up in just about every leadership training program that we ever deliver. Someone will ask, all right, this is good, but how can I talk to my boss when their behavior is damaging or self-defeating or just doesn't work? Recently, we had someone ask us that question and it took me back. I kind of had this flashback, that moment of deja vu, where early in my career, I was sitting across from Jim, who was my executive vice president at the time, and I was making a case and I was adamant. I said, the company's got to change the way it's handling this particular process. And I had a five point argument why I was right. And it was a good idea. And Jim listened, kind of grimaced. And then that changed into a grin. And he looked at me and says, if only it were that easy. And I didn't take his good humor and stride the way I should have. I said, but it is that easy. It's just a matter of having the will to do it. Of course, I was young and I hadn't quite learned diplomacy yet. Well, If you fast forward 13 years in my career, I was on the other side of that desk. I was now in that executive vice president role, and I had a woman, a new team member, standing on the other side of my desk, bright, intelligent, uh, ambitious, thoughtful, standing the same place that I had stood, presenting the same case I had made 13 years earlier. And it wasn't exactly the same idea and the same steps, but it was similar enough that it was this strange moment of deja vu. She's talking to me now, though. The situation's flipped around. Now that I was the executive, would things be different? Well, I'll tell you what happened in a moment. But before we go there, I want to start by taking a look at this question about how you should talk to your boss when they're appearing to you to be damaging, self-defeating, or or their behavior is just not working. Because the answer starts with perspective. When you have a frustrating boss, their behavior may look destructive to you or self-defeating to you, but it isn't always. Their behavior can look very different from where they're sitting. It's possible that the damage or self-defeating is just an interpretation Um, and that they have really good reasons for doing what they do. And so the better that you understand your boss's goals, their challenges, and how they see the world, the more influence you're going to have. You don't want to rush into a conversation without having that perspective. And so here are some questions that you can ask yourself, five questions that you can ask yourself when you have a frustrating boss. Again, starting with the perspective that just because they're frustrating to you doesn't mean that they're wrong 
or aren't leading in a way that's ultimately going to be effective. Okay, so when you're facing a supervisor whose behavior appears to be damaging, self-defeating, or ineffective, first thing I want to ask you to do is reflect. How serious is the issue? This is the first question to ask. Take some time, take a beat, take a walk with a friend, talk to someone you know who cares about you, breathe, and ask yourself, is this issue truly significant, or is it just a minor irritation that was a big deal during that hour of time today? If it's not serious, most of the time you're going to be better off not spending time or energy or relationship and capital on it, even if you are 100% right about the issue. You want to save your energy and your influence for the topics that, that matter most. The next question is, what's the lesson for you? And yes, I know you're frustrated with your boss, but we're talking about the lesson for you. There's an opportunity here for you to learn something, and you will not find a better leadership textbook than the leaders around you, including your frustrated boss. I'm glad that you're listening to this podcast, and it's a great resource. And still, the most valuable resource is that boss that's potentially frustrating you. So when Jim told me, if only it were that easy, he was giving me a chance to learn, to learn about the strategic issues that he faced and to think at a higher level. And after I stubbornly insisted that it could work, the rest of that story is that he was patient and he walked me through the world from his view. I didn't like that more complex viewpoint, but I did need to hear it. And the areas that irritate you the most likely also have the most to teach you. So ask yourself, what's the lesson here for me? Okay, next question. What keeps your boss or your boss's boss up at night? This is something called two-level thinking. What is your boss's boss thinking? Two levels up. Jim had his own challenges and his own constraints, and up until that conversation, I was unaware of them. I was just thinking about what made sense from my perspective. He had a, a board of directors politics that he had to contend with. There were budget issues, obligations to other departments, and changing customer behaviors, and those were just a few of the bigger issues. So this was an important moment of insight for me because people do what makes sense to them. And if you think about it, the things you do typically make sense to you. Jim was doing what made sense to him. And your frustrating boss, as frustrating as their behavior may be, is likely doing what makes sense for them. So what are the realities that your supervisor and their boss are dealing with every day? How can you help them to meet their goals? And when you are trying to overcome objections, when you're trying to sell in an idea to your boss, the more that you can phrase it in terms of what's keeping them up at night, keeping your boss or their boss's boss up, your boss's boss up at night, the more you can phrase it in terms of those goals and how it's going to help them achieve those outcomes, the more likely you are to get a good audience. Okay, question number four. What's my motivation? So before you have that conversation with your boss, I'd invite you to get clear about what your best self really wants. Are you asking for something that's in the best interest of your team, the organization, and your supervisor? If not, if it's all about you, your motivations are going to impact your actions and you likely won't have the chance to get the results you want. 
So for the best chance of success, focus on how you can build the relationships and achieve results for everyone involved. Okay, so those last two questions are about helping you to make a case, potentially overcome objections, or at least understand where your frustrating boss is coming from. The final question is after you have done all that reflection and you're recognizing how circumstances really are, you know what's keeping your boss or your boss's boss up at night, you understand the different priorities, you've taken a a hard look at your own motivations, they are good, they're looking out for the team and the, the organization as a whole. The fifth question is when you've done all of that work, sometimes you need to ask whether or not you belong here. Should you stay or should you go? Because you can't change anyone else. I wish that I had a a nice fairy dust type of suggestion, but the fact is there are some bad supervisors out there. They do what they do because it's easy, it's what they know, or they have different values, or it's because it works and it's meeting their current needs, at least for right now. So understand who you're working with and how they might react. If they don't have integrity or they're hostile or insecure and you need the paycheck right now to take care of your children, and you'll deal with that situation differently than if you've got six months of expenses in the bank and your supervisor is a reasonable person. I've been there. I understand the circumstances. And so I'm going to encourage you to think this through carefully. Influencing your own supervisor is possible, and we're all about speaking up and making the case and doing it in the best way you can. But it does take work, it takes time, and it takes a relationship. And there will be times that person's just not going to change. They don't see enough benefit to go through it. And in those situations, you'll have to decide if it makes sense to stay or leave. Now, most of the time, it's gonna make sense to stay. You made your case, they see it differently, okay, great. But if it's on a significant critical issue that goes to values, then you may have to ask yourself this question. And as tough as these choices can be, they also help you clarify the power that you have over yourself and the kind of leader you're going to be. So when you find yourself in that kind of a circumstance, you may need to go to this question and ask, do I stay or do I go? So thank you for all of the meeting participants and the people who have written in with various versions of this question. It's a very common one, and I appreciate you asking. And I would love to answer one of your questions on a future episode. So you can send in your management or leadership-related question one of two ways. You can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com, and you'll find a big orange button. Click that button, and you can record your question. Tell us where you're from, and we'll use that in a future episode. Or you can email it to me at david.die, D-Y-E, at letsgrowleaders.com. And I'll look forward to answering your question in a future episode. So as you work with your frustrating boss, remember that you are or will be the source of frustration for someone else. That's the moment of that weird flipped deja vu that I had. Because I was now the boss who looked for all the world to this woman on the other side of my desk where I had stood 13 years earlier like I'm the knucklehead. And we are all someone's knucklehead. So how can you use what you learn from your irritating boss to inform your leadership? For me, with that young woman standing on the other side of my desk making her case, presenting the same or similar arguments that I had made those 13 years earlier, 
I tried to do what Jim had done for me. I thanked her for thinking about how we could improve. I shared the information that she didn't know, like Jim had done for me, and I invited her to think about solutions that included that information and those competing priorities so that we could make it work. I invite you to do the same, because when you do, you're on your way to being the leader you'd want your boss to be. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.